Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the You Can Do It Too podcast by Mamba Inspire. I am Mamadou Balde, I'm your host. The purpose of this podcast is to both showcase black excellence and increase awareness of the multitude of career possibilities out there for up-and-coming black professionals. This podcast will assist in breaking stigmas, barriers, and helping black students believe that they are smart enough to be future doctors, engineers, educators, and entrepreneurs. Ladies and gentlemen, what a beautiful day. Today we have a special guest in the podcast, uh, Chedi Udoye. He is uh, a graduate from Texas A&M University, and he's doing his law school right now in New York. Man, this guy has an amazing story. Please tune in. So how are you doing out there? I'm, I'm pretty good. Um, I'm in Austin currently, and... Uh, Oh wow! Yeah, uh, I'd moved back from New York June first, and so okay, I've been in Austin, and uh, it's been good so far. All right, are you? You but you go to school in New York, yeah. right? Okay, but because of the COVID nineteen, everything I'm guessing moved moved online. Yeah, everything's remote for this semester and and post semester, but we'll just have to wait and see. Wow, are you originally from Austin, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I was born and raised in Austin. Okay, where's your parents They're from? from Nigeria. Nigeria, nice. So where did you meet uh, Ken, Kenner? Is it a UT? Or, uh, I mean, I know you went to A&M. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, he's actually good friends with my cousin. And so we met okay. through my cousin. Um, but we got okay. a really close group. Um, I had graduated from A&M, and we were both in Austin for a short while before he had moved to Houston. And um, yeah. so now he just, sometimes he's, whenever he's in town, we'll like get together. But I'm, I primarily met him through my cousin. Definitely, definitely. So how are you doing? How's your family doing right now in these uncertain times, crazy times? Um, honestly, the family's been doing pretty well. Um, everybody's staying healthy, staying busy. Um, and overall, it's just, it's, it's been a rough time with everything that's going on and just everyone being in the house. But other than that, I think, um, I think we're grateful for the situation that we're in, um, especially looking at what's going on around the world. Definitely. It's crazy times and we just want 2020 to be over with. Right, right. Yeah, definitely. So I know you're finishing up your, your school, uh, law school right now. Where are you at in the process? So I'm a 2L. I just started my second year. There's three years um, in the program. And so uh, my first year was, uh, it was pretty interesting. It was my, it was my first year uh, really being taught that way. Um, we go through something called the Socratic method. And um, mm-hmm. it was, it was, there was a little learning curve with it, but uh, I got through it. It was a great experience. It was difficult at times, but it was also rewarding at times. And so now I'm in my second Um, I have a little more on my plate now. I have to balance school. I have to balance executive board positions as well as um, like internships and things that I have going on outside of school. And so uh, overall, it's been a good experience. Um, But yeah, I'm on my second year and um, I'll I'll graduate May of 2022. Definitely, definitely. What has been your experience uh, living in New York and just navigating uh, the opportunities as far as internship? and stuff like that so new york has been um 
it's been interesting. I, I, before I moved there, I'd only been there two times and uh, I'd never stayed any longer than a week. And so this, it was, it was a huge change, especially coming from Austin. And mm-hmm. um, this Austin is a lot different from, from New York. There's no, almost no public transportation in Austin where yeah. New York ever, you pretty much rely on public transportation. So it, w- it took some getting used to the subway system, walking everywhere, walking my groceries home and whatnot, little things like that. But overall, Definitely. New York, New York is, it's a really great place. Like, yeah, the people are different. The, you could definitely tell like there's a Northern feel to it, like in the way that people interact with each other. Um, there's a, like a really big hustlers mentality out there. Everybody's <laughs> always striving to do better and always working. And um, whereas in, in Austin, it can be kind of laxed at times definitely um overall i I like it it's definitely a change of pace i feel like i get a lot of work done when i'm when i'm in new york um versus when i'm in austin yeah definitely it's a city definitely for the young ones do you expect to stay there for long we'll see um it really (laughs) it really just depends on the opportunities um like i said i was born and raised in texas so this boy's kind of been home for me yeah yeah um outside of that if an opportunity presents itself, I, would, I wouldn't mind staying in New York a little, a little bit longer uh, after graduation. Definitely, definitely. So going back to your childhood here in Austin, Texas, what, what was growing up like? Uh, I'm guessing the 2020s, the beginning of 2020s. I think we're in the same age, about uh, right. Mm-hmm. So what was growing up like in Austin during that time? In in what uh what period? 2000s like oh, the period 2000s early 2000s um hmm. i would imagine it was like growing up in an empty city i mean austin austin had been kind of quiet in the early 2000s from what i can remember um, yeah it, it wasn't very developed it was still kind of coming into itself um i want to say around like 2010 ish maybe after the recession um from that point on to now austin has made a bunch of growth um every like prices for everything have gone up um a whole bunch of infrastructure came in companies are moving in people are moving in from california or wherever it may be um austin has become a lot more expensive than what it was um but i feel like austin is definitely growing into its own city it's becoming the they've been dubbing it the silicon valley the new silicon valley definitely yeah um it is nice i feel like the city has a great recognition nowadays like when you tell people you're from austin they usually have heard something good or positive about the city Mm -hmm. for me um having been here sometimes i take it for granted sometimes i'm like oh yeah austin is cool but it's too small for me especially like moving to new york and yeah like all the things that go on in new york there's always something to do there's always like if you have any free time there's something to do definitely and austin sometimes you can find yourself doing the same things over and over again or or almost searching for something to do but definitely um i definitely think it's a great city um it definitely has its pros and cons, though. Yeah. I went to UT Austin for four years, and I really did not take advantage of all the just going out there and seeing what's out there in yeah. Austin. Because in, in, in UT, you just have everything you need. You don't need to go out to, to get what you need. So sometimes it's just so easy to 
be unclosed in that bubble, yeah. you know? Yeah, especially with UT being downtown, like, it's in the heart of everything. Like, you could yeah. get everywhere you need to, like, and still be on campus. Uh, yeah. Where are you at now? Are you still are you still in Austin? Or are you... No, I just moved to Houston. I, I just started a, my job here in Houston, too. Okay. And did you, uh, how do you know Kenora? I met him, uh, Kenora is chemical engineering. He did chemical engineering in uh, UT Austin. I also did chemical engineering. And okay. uh, I think he's about two years, two years older than me. Mm-hmm. So when I was coming in, he was about to leave. And we did ASO together. And actually, the first time I met him was on the soccer field. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, we just met there playing. Yeah. Got it. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. So growing up in a Nigerian uh, culture household, how how did your parents manage to instill that uh, Nigerian culture in you, but also uh, balancing that with going out in school and learning the American culture? How was it for you? Um, honestly, I, th- I don't even know if my parents planned it this way, but I think they did a pretty good job. Um, the area of Austin where I live is not very diverse, mm-hmm. um, but the Austin has a pretty strong African community. And so um, growing up, I was, we were always, every weekend we'd meet up with, like if there's a Nigerian party happening or some type of Nigerian event happening, like that would be an opportunity for me to meet other Nigerians, meet other Africans in uh, in a social setting and really get like some of the culture and aspects like that. And that was always really rewarding. I met some really close friends um, and really grew up with some people uh, through that. And then um, with where I'm, where I actually stay in Austin, I also was able to learn the American like culture and ways like that. Cause I was surrounded by folks that that's all they knew. And so, yeah, um, I kind of got the best of both worlds. Um, so yeah. Definitely. Definitely. What were some systems you feel like that were set up around the household to just make sure that uh, you stay focused on academics to make sure that you are successful and not, not be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My parents were extremely strict, as I assume every Nigerian or African yeah. parent is. Um, I had strict curfew, wasn't really allowed to spend the night at friends, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, from an early age, I was in this, this program called Kumon, and it was okay. just uh, a way to just sharpen up your like reading and write or your reading and math skills and wow. stay away, stay ahead of your class. And so. Um, there was just little things like that. My, my dad would check my homework every night. Uh, they definitely instilled the importance of academics in me from a very lo- like very young age. And yeah. so I feel like that's followed along with me now. Did you, play, did you play any sports in high school? Yeah, I did. I played football, basketball. I ran track and I played baseball for one year. Wow. Um, yeah. That's amazing. What position in football? In football, I played quarterback. Wow. I played quarterback. And then um, I also played a little bit of receiver my senior year, but I was primarily wow. a quarterback. That's amazing. That's crazy. I did. I, I, I played kicker and punter, okay. as you know, because soccer is my background. I grew up in Guinea in West Africa. Okay. Right? And when I came in, uh, they just introduced me to football, and I really loved the atmosphere, the football atmosphere, the discipline, right? You know, in Texas, it's so serious. So yeah, yeah. I really love that uh, team atmosphere. And 
I played kicker and punter, and I played cornerback uh, my okay. last semester. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. My last year, I mean, in high school. Awesome. Yeah. How did you, I feel like many people do not get, I mean, people talk about it, but I don't think people realize how much sports can really improve someone's being. Just not the IQ, but the emotional intelligence, even the IQ, right? But sometimes the emotional intelligence, people who play sports has a higher emotional intelligence than people who don't because of all the adversities, adversities that they face, right? Uh, through sports. What 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 did you get out of sports? You feel like? Um, I feel like I I got a deeper understanding of what it takes to really set a goal and strive towards that goal every every day, every practice, every yeah. film session, and and just strive to reach that goal. And hopefully, you actually do reach that goal. And that that feeling is extremely rewarding. Um, for with football, for example, uh, my freshman, sophomore, and junior year, um, we were on the team. We had a really solid team, and we would um, we would always make it to third, fourth round in the playoffs. And I was going to ask you that. <laughs> That's the biggest question. And um, we would lose to Lake Travis, another Austin-based team. I know. Yeah, I know that team. Yeah, so we would lose to them every year, and it was always at DKR. And wow. Um, my senior year, they had actually been moved up in their classification. I think they moved to like 5A. And so um, we were thinking like, this is our opportunity. And then we started, uh, we started the season with two losses. And we were like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know what's about to happen. Like we, we were expecting this to be our year and we just lost two, our first two games. So the morale wow. was kind of low. But we just stayed focused on the goals that we had set, and um, and we went fourteen to zero for the like we won out and we won state, and so wow. um, that was a great experience. That was our our school's first state championship. They went on to win, I think, two more after that. Um, my little brother was a part of a couple of their state championships after that. But um, overall, I just feel like I got a sense of like setting a goal and really striving towards that goal. And then just like the camaraderie of like having teammates and relying on others and just, yeah, I'll say those are some of the most important things I picked up from playing sports. And then also how to, I guess, how to take criticism was another big thing that I've taken. A lot of, a lot of coaches will really get into you whenever you make mistakes or whenever you are not understanding or not making the type of plays that they expect you to make. And I feel like that was, extremely important important uh for me because you're you need to be able to take criticism whether it's um constructive or not and i feel like that's something that um i picked up during my time playing football this podcast is about showcasing black professionals who are doing excellent things but what is the definition of black excellence taking what you have and making the best of it can achieve things when literally like the whole entire system is designed like in ways that are like is designed to exclude us. It doesn't matter what you start out with, it matters where you go. And then when you go, you're not going just for you. You're going to lead the way for someone else. It means excelling at a high level while staying true to yourself and true to yourself in your black we still are able to 
you know, just like go the extra mile or, you know, carry the extra weight that we need to carry just because of society and still achieve the things that we're able to achieve. And pay it forward. That's my definition of black excellence. You you had a great team because my team was a <laughs> my team didn't move. I mean, we went to the playoffs uh, every year, maybe first round and second round. Yeah. But we also played do, do, with those schools. Allen, you know Allen, right? Yeah, you yeah. know Cedar Park. Uh-huh. So <laughs> we had always those schools so beating school us. Up. I went to Ozen High School in Beaumont, Texas. Ozen, okay. Yeah, that's a little bit far, far yeah. south, five five hours away from Austin. Okay. Yeah. But another big thing is that uh so many inner city young black kings, right? And even and queens see sports as a way out, right? Uh they are introduced in sports from a younger age and for most of them it's the only thing they know is is that dream, right? It's a way out for them to go out and have their own lives, right? Especially in Texas where Football is like something that is loaded, right? It's praised. Everybody, you have to play football, right? No matter where you are. I'm sure like as you were graduating high school, you had some friends uh, who did not have the same opportunities you had as far as going to college Mm -hmm. and also did not have that opportunity. They always thought that was going to be there for them, like a football scholarships. Like, what was that experience like? Like, how did you feel about that? Were there any systems like to help those people out? Yeah, uh, I definitely feel like my high school did a great job of helping students get to college or go to ACC, which is our community college. Um, Personally, I didn't have any friends that didn't end up where they really wanted to go or where they're, I guess, where they deserve to go based on the effort that they put in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can't really speak on that, but I would say that our school did do a good job of kind of helping students get to that next level. Definitely, definitely. Talking talking about that, uh, one thing that I realized, uh, talking to so many people uh, in this podcast, one thing that I realized is that many people are attracted to what they are exposed of, right? I talked to so many doctors who always talk about that growing up. They always had that father or mom to to guide them, say, oh, go read this book, right? As they started learning, they were more interested in in learning, right? Mm-hmm. Or mechanical engineering had like experiences as far as doing a handwork, right? And they wanted to do something around that. So I feel like many, many kids, especially in the inner cities, the fact that they are only exposed to sports is the reason that they only think that that's the only way uh, for them out. How do you feel like, uh, do you, how do you feel like we could uh, increase exposure, not just in sports, but in all these other areas to, to help young people believe that they can be anything they want? See, I, I'm not sure if this is the question you're asking, but I feel like a lot of the, a lot of the, I guess, reason that kids are driven towards, you know, like becoming a, an athlete or trying to go to, to the like play in a professional league is because Mm -hmm. of like the cool factor and the financial security that comes with that um i feel like from a very young age you television you see your your favorite athlete perform 
perform on game days and you see the, the contracts that they're signing in the off season and you see the lifestyle, the cars, everything that they're driving. And that's something that a lot of kids are like, oh, I want to do that when I, when I get older. Or you see a doctor and it's like, oh, you know, this doctor drives whatever car and this doctor seems to have a great life. Like, I want to do that. Um, so I feel like it's usually like the lifestyle or like some, like the financial um, part of it that really drives kids to be interested in that whatever field it may be. And so I feel mm-hmm. like get to get kids interested in other areas they have to almost feel like it's cool um, yeah they have to be which is the biggest misrepresentation yeah. um <laughs> yeah and so i feel like um if more kids were to believe that the field that they're going into is cool or that it there's more things that are cool than being an athlete or being a entertainer or whatever the case may be that they would be more willing to like dive into those areas. And then on top of that, some people are just really gifted in particular things. A lot of these players that end up making it to the league are obviously extremely gifted in the sport that they're playing. Um, and it's something that they've really worked on. So Definitely. And they've also get, gotten incentives along the way, whether it's winning games or getting a scholarship. So if there's a way to incentivize students to go into medicine or go into the law or whatever their engineering, whatever it is that they're interested in, I feel like that would help move them along in the process. So they don't feel like, okay, if I want to make money, I have to be an athlete. Or if I, if, if I want to do good for my family, like I have no other option, but to, to play sports or, or um, be an entertainer or whatever the case may be. Man, well said. I, I definitely agree completely 100%. So you left, you left Austin. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but you decided to go to A&M, man. College Station. Why? Tell me why. Um, honestly, it, I, like I said, I played sports in high school. And yeah. at the time, we had a really good football team. Mm-hmm. And that was really the main reason I applied. I'm not even going to lie. I applied. Oh. We had a solid football team. We had Johnny Manziel at the time playing quarterback. And so I applied there. It wasn't even my top choice, honestly. Um, I didn't apply to UT and it wasn't because of I had anything against UT, but I just, I kind of wanted to step out and, and kind of do my own thing and not be so close to my parents. And so I just felt like A&M was a good balance between like having that big school feel getting mm-hmm. all those experiences but also not being too far away from the family that i'll have to fly home or something like that definitely the first thing that i thought was like i felt like you just wanted to get away from the family yeah, <laughs> yeah no. no that's crazy that definitely part of it that was something i thought about and on top of that a&m was was giving out a good amount of money so that's also yeah. deciding factor yeah so i'm guessing you just started at a&m and then johnny manzel left right yeah, he. Uh, I was a freshman, and when he was there, I think he left my sophomore year. He went, yeah. He declared for the draft. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So, what was your experience at A and M? I know A and M uh, compared to UT. I heard a lot of people say it's more family net mm-hmm. uh, than UT. But if you take A and M out of College Station, there's nothing. <laughs> what What's that experience like? Uh, just going to school at A and M. Um, 
like you said, A&M makes up the whole the whole town. Like yeah. without A&M, there wouldn't really be much to do or really much going on. Uh, a lot of the friends that I made at A&M, they would find like other app. Like if if we weren't, you know, studying or focusing on classes, if you're looking for anything like leisurely to do, a lot of my friends would just go to Houston or or go to Dallas or just go somewhere outside of A&M because A&M wasn't really the place to be um, outside of school. Yeah. In terms of school, um, I found that A&M was, it was pretty difficult. There was some classes that were more difficult than others. Mm -hmm. Like for me, physics was, was not my favorite class. And for some reason, the professors at A&M, I just, I wasn't able to receive the amount of information I feel like I should have. Mm-hmm. But um, it was also like it was rigorous, but I feel like I learned a lot of things. There's still sometimes like when I come across questions that I had learned in school, like I still can like recall the answer, which is surprising because nowadays I feel like it's all one ear one, in one ear and out the other. And people are just learning to make the grade. And then after that, you just forget everything. So I guess that's cool and then on top of that the i think the biggest thing is really the network um Mm. it it is extremely close-knit and some some people outside will call it like cultish but i feel like um that the aggie network is really beneficial like anytime i'm wearing my aggie ring like some people will approach you and they'll just ask you what class are you and it's like people that you probably like probably would never speak to you had had you not had that thing in common so Mm. um that that has been really beneficial and and hopefully it'll just continue to open up doors for me um in the future and that's amazing that's amazing so i know another thing uh, that is very similar to ut and AM. and uh, is also a pwi pwi school right and i know the majority the percentages of, of minority students especially african-american is very low mm. how was uh your first how did you adapt uh sometimes i'm sure you were uh if not the only one but few only few african-american were in the class uh in your classes how how hard was it to adapt to that did you face any imposter syndrome um i didn't face imposter syndrome while i was there um like i said i grew up in in a suburb of boston where there was it was pretty much a PWI in high mm-hmm. school. Yeah. And so um, I, I would say it, it wasn't a lot of, like it didn't take a, it didn't take a lot of me, for me to get used to it. It was just the, the size of the classes, the size of the campus. Like I'm going from mm-hmm. a high school that has 2,500 people and there's maybe five to 10% of the class is black. And then I'm going to a school with 60,000 plus students on campus and um and majority of them are white and so that was it took a lot of getting used to that and then on top of that I feel like the people that I interacted with in in high school were a lot different than the people that were at A&M and so um even though although I was used to being around white people it was like a different dynamic at A&M a lot of these people weren't from and a lot of them didn't have similar views but mm-hmm. honestly, um, at a and I met a very solid group of people. Um, uh, I got, got really close with the black community. The black community there is extremely close. Everybody knows everybody for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so I made some amazing friends while I was there, friends that I still talk to to this day. And so I feel like um, even though it is a PWI, there's, if you, if you are a, a black student looking for similarities, looking for people that you can, um, you know, really like people that will understand you, like it's definitely there. And I feel like I found that in a this podcast is about showcasing black professionals who are doing excellent things. But what is the definition of black excellence? Taking what you have and making the best of it. Can achieve things when literally like the whole entire system is designed like in ways that are like is designed to exclude us. It doesn't matter what you start out with. It matters where you go. And then when you go, you're not going just for you. You're going to lead the way for someone else. It means excelling at a high level while staying true to yourself and true to yourself in your black. We still are able to, you know, just like go the extra mile or, you know, carry the extra weight that we need to carry just because of society and still achieve the things that we're able to achieve. And paying it forward. That's my definition of black excellence. Definitely, definitely. When did you plan to go to law school? When did you know law school was something you wanted to do? Uh, it wasn't until my last year at a and um, Wow. Yeah. What were you doing before that? I was, What's your major? My major is kinesiology. Okay. So I was more on the pre-med track. Wow. And I, took, I, I took organic chemistry, and I was not a fan of that class. <laughs> and I, I took organic chemistry, too, and I was just like, yeah, I think I'm tapped out on science. Um, I got to figure out something else because I don't know if I can do another eight-plus years of, of this. And so um, I started really like weighing my options as to like what, what I could do long-term. And at the time I was in the process of starting a, like a clothing brand, but it was, I was really early on with the process. And um, I was really trying to, I, was, I found myself running into questions about like legality and like trademarks and like, is it okay for me to do this or use this image or, or um, use this name or whatever the case may be. And that kind of just piqued my interest in law. And from there, um, after I'd graduated from A&M, I went and worked at a law firm for about a year and a half. Wow. And just through the experiences that I had there and the, the attorneys that I met, um, it really solidified my, I guess, me wanting to go to law school. And so I applied to some schools in, I guess that would have been 2018, the fall of 2018. And then, um, I got into my school in New York. I got into a few schools in Texas. And um, I ended up going to New York because our school had a really good intellectual property law program, which is what I was interested in. Wow. Which, what, which, which is what I'm interested in. And um, so, yeah, I guess really in a way, it was my creative side that kind of pulled me to, to the law. And I feel like having a, a, a legal education is beneficial and um, extremely versatile. Like you can do tons of things with it, and it can come in handy in different aspects of your life. And so I just yeah. feel like it was 
it was something good for me, especially being someone that likes to have a lot of different avenues of expressing themselves and like would like to have a professional career and have other things going on the side and really just make the most out of everything that I'm, that I'm doing and make it all kind of flow together. That is definitely the mix of hustle and passion, man. So, so, so many times, people after they graduate, right, they try to choose a path that, that's crafted by what they got their degree in, right? So if, if they have a degree in, uh, let's say, kinesiology, right, they don't want to waste that. They want to they wanna go do something that yeah. is related to that. But I just like how you, you started hustling first, right? And then you figure out, okay, this is something that I'm interested in. Then you just took that job yeah. and you went in there, you learned a little bit more. And then that became the journey that you are trying to craft and even it can be your legacy. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, that's awesome. So I'm sure uh, throughout this journey, you definitely walked in so many rooms where you did not feel comfortable at first, mm -hmm. right? But you hung on and you tried to work hard uh, to to adapt to those rooms and make sure that you fit in in those rooms. Uh, can you talk about that experience? What was your mentality throughout the process? Um, I, I consider myself a, a a pretty confident individual. So I usually, whenever I'm in a room where maybe I'm underqualified or I I'm, I might feel like I'm talking to other people that, that have, are more more distinguished than I am. I just try and carry myself and emulate some of the, I guess, characteristics of those that are around me and then just really prepare for whatever it is that I'm, that I'm dealing with, really prepare, make sure that I know what I'm saying, and then just go there and convey the information. And people are going to react however they want and they're entitled to that. But um, for me, I can only control what I'm putting out into the world. And so, I definitely think that it's preparation is key and then just having some some type of confidence and just being able to convey whatever it is to those people it, and it'll, you'll be surprised by the amount of people that will respect you and and will really be will really listen to what you have to say and man. Uh, yeah man that's that's the best mentality and I feel like we live in a society where everybody's worried about what people think of them right and sometimes we're just afraid of taking actions because we don't want to seem something that we, we are not. But you, you only can control what you can control, right? You only can control your actions. And it's better to, to learn what you did wrong later than to just uh, extinguish your potential because you don't want to seem, seem something that you, you are, right? Exactly. But that is, that is amazing, man. That is amazing. What do you do for fun now? I know law school is pretty tough. Uh, you, there, there's so many things going on, but I'm sure you take some time with friends and do vacations. How do you enjoy your time whenever you get that change? So uh, before before everything with COVID started, uh, me and my friends, we would take some trips. We go to LA. Um, I've been to Denver recently. Um, I still need to go to Vegas and I still want to go to DC. Those are two cities that I haven't, I haven't seen yet um but yeah besides traveling um i usually am just focused on like clothing i, I i'm trying to start my own clothing brand i also help design on some of my friends clothing brands and so creatively um i just pour a lot of my free time into that whether it's like clothing design or modeling or 
whatever outlet that I'm in, I that's usually what I pour all my free time into outside of uh, spending time with like friends and family. Definitely. That's amazing. And one last question. So as you know, this podcast is about showcasing black excellence, right? And uh, helping young people uh, know that there are options. There are more other options out there for them to be in this and they can be anything they want. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, what does black excellence mean to you? What does black excellence mean to me? I guess it just, it's just the ability for a group of people to just be dealt like a poor hand and just persevere through and and just still win in the face of adversity. Um, A lot, a lot of, a lot of black people are born without the opportunities that others are given and they still make so much out of themselves and they still make us proud. Um, Every time I turn on the TV or I get on social media, there's a black person doing something amazing. Um, I, I, I really think black excellence is rooted in just being able to make like diamonds out of nothing definitely definitely man thank you so much bro for giving me your time i know i know everything's crazy right now and it's busy but thank you for giving me your time no problem and thanks and thanks for setting this up i made the black queen's grace continually mesmerize the millions who couldn't see it when looking into her eyes and the black man's plight no longer be the disguise oppression emasculation they want to castracize and I just want to be me, I just want to be free I just want liberty, equity and democracy I just want to believe in the good of society I just want to believe that they ain't been lying to me I want equality, want no more poverty I want people to tell you it's more black people in jail for committing crimes to blacks and whites are committing equally I want the corporate interest to crumble before my feet I want them to stop selling your rights to powers that be I want a third term for Obama we'll never see No Democrat, no Republican, me I want unity I want the righteous voice speaking to my community don't listen to what they say and look at what they say to see I want you to know the truth but for that you will have to see All people are beautiful But you best know my people are beautiful